Diedrich said that he had a very particular vision for this character in mind and he wanted it to be and look like somebody that definitely listens to the Allman Brothers. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and he nailed it. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Sarah. And Eric. We're your hosts of Talk to the Hand Podcast. <laughs> Can we try that again? Nope. Sticking to it. <laughs> We're your hosts, Sarah and Eric, of Talk to the Hand Podcast, a podcast about the 90s, everything you love about the 90s and war. Hi, 90s kids. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing? How are you doing this week? Uh, we have a fun topic coming your way today. We have a very special flare-filled episode. Ooh. 15 pieces? I thought it was 17. You know what? Whatever it is, you better, it better be more than the bare minimum. It was way too fucking many, whatever the bare <laughs> minimum was. Anyways, we're talking about our favorite Y2K office comedy Office space. Office space. Mike Judge. Stop said. <laughs> uh, but before we get to the topic, please make sure you're following us on social media. TTTHPod on Twitter. Talk to the hand pod on Instagram. And sorry, I'm like singing a lot today. It's just one of those days. Um, and you can find us at talktothehandpod.com or email us at talktothehandpod@gmail.com. Um, and if you like what you hear today, you like what you've heard before, please leave us a five-star review. Uh, really helps us out, and it will make it so other cool '90s kids can listen and find us and join our little nostalgic community. So please do it. Um, we'll put our resources in the show notes, and yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Yay. Listen. <laughs> Office space. Okay. Okay. Let's talk first about before we get into the movie. Can you summarize Office Space in one sentence? If playground rules don't apply, then this is complete anarchy. <laughs> okay. All right. So my one sentence summary is. A trio of pissed off <laughs> office, white collar office workers in the 90s just uh, like come up with a scheme to get back at their evil corporation and attack. And chaos and shenanigans, Mike Judge shenanigans ensue. <laughs> just don't jump to conclusions. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting all these like one-liners out of the way at the beginning. No, I'm not like, gonna have anything to listen to after the first five minutes. <laughs> I feel like you know, you know, that movie had a couple other inspirations for it, but I feel like one of the other inspirations had to have just been just quippy one-liners. Yeah, there's just a lot. like how do we work these yeah. in? And a lot of them were actually ad-libbed. Uh, one thing that we'll get into later, but but anyways, Office Space. Uh, you know, first debuted on February nineteenth, nineteen ninety-nine. You know, like we said, from Mike Judge of Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill fame, uh, and more. And it was his first foray into live-action film. And actually, you know, uh, he makes a cameo in it. Well, it's interesting because um, Office Space feels like like. Just just the pacing and the dialogue and the characters themselves feel kind of like a comic. Like, it really does kind of feel like a 
um, cartoon or kind of like a comic you'd see in the Sunday paper growing up as a kid. So, so exactly uh, going with that, actually, it was uh, loosely based off of some of, some of uh, Mike Judge's own animated shorts entitled Milton, oh, uh, which ran on Saturday Night Live and MTV's Liquid Television in the early 90s. So Milton was... Stapler. Stapler. Uh, and, I was told you know, I could listen to my radio at a reasonable volume. See what I mean? See what I mean? It's like one-liners. Like, the characters are Excuse so me, I, I, I think you have my stapler? <laughs> See, this is, this is what I'm saying. Like, it really seems like cartoons, like you could fit those little punchlines into a dialogue bubble in a cartoon. Well, because Mike Judge came from writing Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. He yeah. was used to writing cartoons. Yeah. It's really a live action cartoon. Yeah, it really is. It's great. I mean, it's got all sorts of late 80s, early 90s humor and, you know, even that, that mid 90s humor wrapped up all into one. So this was his first foray into live action film and you were saying he actually made a cameo in it? Yeah, uh, Mike Judge actually cameos as Jennifer Aniston's boss at Tchotchkes. Okay. You know, he's the one giving her all the shit about, about the flair <laughs> and about how Brian is the perfect example. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, okay, so um, I didn't know this either until Eric told me earlier. Um, Mike Judge didn't want a movie with star power, and there were a bunch of people that that were trying to get in on this movie, but he just didn't want it because he wanted it to have that kind of like that kind of muted, um, just like like. That, yeah, that, that weird allure to it. That, that grayscale, like, like, cubicle muted feel to it. Just yeah. everyday middle of America. Yeah, so so the studio I was reading originally wanted Matt originally wanted Matt Damon for the role of Peter, but Mike Judge, you know, like we said, you know, he didn't want anybody to have, you know, like that star power in there. He wanted, you know, more of a list of, you know, unknowns in there. And, you know, the studio was very insistent on having at least one big name in that movie. So they ended up casting Jennifer Aniston as Joanna, which also is her real life middle name. I didn't know that. Uh, That's so yeah. cute. Uh, and yeah, I mean, so it was 1999 and this is Jennifer Aniston, guys, in 1999. Oh, this is like peak. Well, no, Jennifer every year is peak Jennifer Aniston, but this is like the peak of her friend's years. Massively huge star. Yeah. And she basically, you know, one of the things I was reading, like pretty much helped secure, get this movie made. Like once they wow. got her for that, they were, the studio was like, oh shit, you got Rachel? And like, okay, let's do it. Her character was also very muted. Like, they didn't really play into her sexiness. Like, it no. was just all very muted. It was just a. It was very. Um, it's. It had the same kind of excitement of a gray office. You know, fluorescent light cubicle. That's yeah. what's so cool about this movie is it's just like so artistically consistent. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was very artistically consistent. It, there there were even a couple or at least one deleted scene that they they took out to uh, keep that uh, theme consistent throughout the whole movie. Like there's one scene where Lumberg's car gets towed, his Porsche gets towed, and. You know, there's a deleted scene where he freaks out about it and, you know, you know, kind of loses his shit. But they ended up deleting that because they thought it was important to have his just emotional stoicness throughout the whole <laughs> movie just to keep that consistent. Yeah, that's great. So there were so so Matt Damon was up for Peter instead of Ron Livingston, but he was too big. Um, who were some of the Owen Wilson you said read for one of the parts? Uh, yeah, Owen Wilson and I think it was Vince Vaughn were in the running for 
the neighbor, okay. uh, Diedrich oh. Bader. <laughs> yeah, they were the oh running for that. Oh my God, I love the neighbor yeah. so much. Imagine that as being Vince Vaughn or Owen Wilson. No, it had to be him. It, it had to be Diedrich Bader. Like, well, the, the funny thing too is, uh, in, in one of the articles, you know, we'll, we'll link it later or whatever, but Diedrich said that he had a very particular vision for this character in mind and he wanted it to be and look like somebody that definitely listens to the Allman Brothers. Oh my God. <laughs> And he nailed it. <laughs> oh my God, that is the most apt description of that character. I love it so much. <laughs> That's perfect. And like they were, it was just really well cast from Milton to Bill Lumberg himself to the jump to conclusions guy. Um, I even think about the woman at the beginning, the corporate accounts payable, Nina speaking, just a moment. Like <laughs> I even think about her being perfectly cast. Like they were all just so wonderfully, perfectly cast in this, you know lackluster in this drudgery yeah. of a universe just like <laughs> oh i'm like like even just to like make it so just like boring like even if you pay attention to the license plates on the cars yeah none of them actually have identifying states on them they're all just generic license plates because it's just such a generic place. I love it. Well, okay. And it's also, I think, because it's so generic. And why don't we go into like a really quick synopsis? Because it's so generic, I think that's what makes it um, so funny and so humorous. Is like, we all, you know, people that, if, if you work at, you know, in an office um, and you have to do the commute and, you know, we'll get into a little bit of the legacy of, of what what this all looks like in um, post-COVID, because I know this this is a rapidly changing, um, you know, landscape we're entering into. And it, it but but, you know, and also in the 90s and 2000s, if you worked in an office space and had to commute, it was just there was just something so cathartic about this movie. And even if you're, you know, now in 2021 and you've worked in an office space before the COVID times and you did the the commute, I think it's just it starts that uh, that movie starts with Ron Livingston, Peter in his car, like switching lanes, trying to get, you know, he's stuck in traffic, trying to get in his commute. In, and there's like an old guy with a walker walking and the old guy in the walker gets there faster and it's just like we've like i'm sorry i live in la like i used to commute an hour and 10 minutes each direction for like Whoa. a year and a half and i can relate to that so hard and there's something so cathartic about that particular scene and every scene after that yeah i mean i i, I think one thing i wanted to mention is that I, I i think this movie is really a rite of passage for anybody that's worked in an office type setting you know like in any capacity in any capacity even if you're the the mail clerk the janitor yeah. the the whatever like you you've seen it you, yeah. you have to just like the I sounds mean, yeah yeah just like a weird interjection just like if you've ever worked in like the restaurant industry or anything you've seen you know the waiting. sounds well yeah true that's very you true know, like it's one of the it, rite of passage it movies. is one of those rite of passage yeah. movies and it's just so relatable like it it's really just is. perfectly and like the whole thing where, you know, they get pissed off at the copy machine oh and that's God. just a can recurring thing until they finally just destroy <laughs> it in a field. Okay, can I just say that's one of my all-time favorite scenes of all time. Like, yeah. that, that scene <laughs> is so fantastic. Like, oh my God, I just I, I think so it, I, I think to, to keep with the, with the word cathartic, like, it, it perfectly, you know, encompasses how we've all felt about a particular object at our place of business. Okay. There's always something there that just always fucks up on you and you just want to destroy it for yeah. whatever reason. And yeah. usually, usually 
it's a printer. Sorry, printer companies out there. Um, PSA, fix them. <laughs> Done. Well, so I I just think that 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 ongoing gag with um, Samir and uh, Michael Bolton. Okay, we also need to comment on Michael Bolton and and. Just how funny that that one thread is where he hates Michael Bolton, the singer, the no talent ass clown. And he doesn't want to go by, you know, he doesn't he doesn't want to go by Mike or anything because he shouldn't have to change his name um, because he had it first. And then uh, when he's being interviewed by the two guys, the Bobs, remember, and he's trying to, like, demonstrate his his like um, demonstrate his value, his value. <laughs> and he's trying to, like, be in good humor. And they were like, oh, man, Michael Bolton, I lo- I guess you listen to him all the time. And he's like. Yeah, <laughs> like that's just yeah. that's such a funny thread too. Yeah, he just he just has to uh, to just admit to that just just for the sake of you know interviewing for his own job, which, yeah. which they're all doing. Um, but but just just real quick interjection, I, I was actually reading earlier too that uh, as of October two thousand eighteen, the term. Ass Clown was officially entered into Webster's Dictionary, crediting writer Mike Judge for first using it in office space. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, my God. And, and the script, it originally called him, called Michael Bolton, an, uh, a no-talent asshole, ass- but they didn't like that. So they were like, well, fuck it. No-talent ass clown. <laughs> and now it's officially in Merriam-Webster. I had no idea. That is absolutely fantastic. That's a hell of a legacy. That is a hell of a <laughs> <laughs> Like, you you got a word added to the damn ass dictionary? Clown. Out of yeah, all the yeah, words. out of all words. Thank you, Mike Judge, Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, <laughs> Ask Clown. I love it. I love it. So, okay, so we have, we like I said, the one the one sentence synopsis, we have Michael Bolton, um, Samir Nahinajad. Then we have Peter Gibbons. Okay, so this is our trio of um, people who work at Inatech, and they hate their boss, Bill Lumberg. Um, the, you know, did you get the memo about those TPS reports? That's the Bill Lumberg. So they're, they're really pissed off about, you know, okay. Bill, Bill Lumberg and... And um, they devise a scheme to rip off the company um, by taking pennies for every transaction and end up, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we're not going to spoil it for you. But I will say the fact what Inatech does as a, like, a business is so 90s, too. Their job is to go in and fix the coding for the Y2K switchover. So, like, that itself is such a 90s thing, too, which is so funny and ironic. That's like, such a real thing, though. Like, I, I remember, you know, you know, I, I was young, you know, in, in 1999, but I still remember that everybody, like, was really afraid of the Y2K bug. And for everybody that, you know, maybe doesn't know, the Y2K bug was when computers, you know, were being all their software is being written and stuff and you know the 60s and 70s the software engineers shorthanded the dates instead of being 1975 or whatever to just 75 so they thought that after 1999 when it rolled over to just zero zero that it was going to reset everything catastrophically and that was y2k yeah and it didn't happen yeah at least not the way they thought it would no <laughs> No, no, no. So no. Office Space is just a really good time capsule of that, like, 90s, late 90s, Y2K, just the music is so great. There's some really good hip-hop in the music, in the soundtrack. Um, it's just, it's just great. And now I want to listen to Allman Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Okay, so um, let's talk about, like, our, like, kind of the funny scenes and the funny quotes and stuff. What what do you th- what are some of the big takeaway quotes from this movie? We already mentioned a few of them. 
I mean, I think still for me, one of the biggest ones is just that look of shock on Michael Bolton's face when he's like, PC load letter? What the fuck does that mean? Like, come on. Like, everybody knows the PC load letter. Like, Yeah, that was a good one. So the other one I really like, and it especially works right now, is because we're recording this on a Monday. <laughs> Looks like someone has a case of the Mondays. Where I come from, you get your ass kicked for saying <laughs> some gonna, shit like that. I was gonna see if you could if you could give me the Lawrence quote after that, <laughs> where he's like, "Hey, Lawrence, have you ever been told you have a take case of the money?" And he's like, "No, no, no, shit, no." Shit, no. <laughs> <laughs> you get your ass kicked for saying something like that. And then that's kind of like a that's kind of a foreshadowing thing that that leads us to see that um, there are certain industries where it's like no one the small talk isn't necessary you just do your shit you get your shit done there's no water cooler to chat around no birthday parties where someone's not going to get a piece of cake yeah. there are those industries out there and some people are better suited for those and peter was one of them yeah just but he was, pull your weight but he was told you know i think that's one of the things about our generation and i'm not saying that the, that these people these characters are our generation i think this is you know obviously the gen x generation but i think the Gen X started seeing um, what what we were told by boomers and by their parents that you had to, you know, get a nine to five job and in an office and do the thing, buy the the house with the picket fence and have the wife and kids and stuff. And I think I think this was one of those scenes or those one of those cultural um, icons that are one of those one of those cultural messages that were just like, no, it's not for everyone. And I think millennials learned that really, really the hard way about 10 years later during the recession. But I just I just think it's really interesting that that whole thing was there are places where where you could if you if you're not suited for a nine to five office job and it makes you go into fits of rage when you see PC load letter, there are <laughs> other places for you to be happy. Yes. However, I think we I, I think it's kind of a shame it's been this long that we haven't mentioned the fact that the whole reason Peter goes on this whole thing of not wanting to quit his job or, you know, wanting to quit his job and, you know, the whole penny scheme or whatever. He was hypnotized, he was hypnotized. into not giving a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is the backbone of this, is literally reluctantly going to a hypnotherapist <laughs> because you're in constant fights with your with your significant other. In a lackluster relationship. In a lackluster relationship. And you're literally randomly hypnotized into not giving a fuck. And... This is what happens. Okay, it's just such an interesting concept. Like, could you imagine what you're like, like '90s kids and Eric and me? We let's all pause for a second and think about what your life would look like if you were hypnotized into not giving a fuck. <laughs> what would you do? What would you say? Who? Where would you go? Like, write it down, journal it out, '90s kids, and let us know. Send us a message. Yeah, send us a message. We send us know. some pictures. Yeah, yeah. Something that we'll go? both be thinking about too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's see. We everyone remembers Bill Lumberg, the high Peter. What's happening? <laughs> and just like that flat yeah. affa. Okay, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and come in on Sunday. Okay. <laughs> I just everyone knows Bill Lumberg. Okay, so let's also talk about. So we we touched on it very briefly, but let's talk about Peter's meeting with the Bobs. Can we talk about Peter's meeting with the Bobs for a second? <laughs> that was the best meeting ever. So he let's let's remember let's re, let's let's rewind. He is currently hypnotized into not giving a fuck, right? Like we just said. And so they ask him what his typical day. Do you remember what he said? Well, I generally come in at least fifteen minutes late. I use the side door. That way, Lumber <laughs> can't see me. And uh, after that, 
I guess I just space out for about an hour. <laughs> In a given uh, week, yeah. I do about 15 minutes of real actual work. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. What about uh, what about the co- or what about that one scene where he comes in and uh, Dan feels going to be gangsters playing and he just unscrews the um, parts to his cubicle and just pushes it over so he gets the window seat and just leaves it there? Just the window view and he just leaves it there. That's like the epitome of not giving a fuck because he does that. He literally unscrews the cubicle. It falls to the ground. He puts his arms back, kicks his feet up and just looks out the window for the first time ever. His boss Lumberg comes over and is like, ah, and then Peter's like, oh, sorry. I've got a meeting with the Bobs. And Lumberg's like, uh, I didn't know that. He's like, yeah. They called me at home. Uh, I gotta go. Will you clean this up? <laughs> I just and like he makes it. his boss clean it up. Like I just like it. The, the the balls on Peter. Oh my god. I know. I just really like it because I feel like at that moment, that's where we go. We we are like, okay, Peter. Yeah, we got you. Like like yeah. do you like go off? Get that window view. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all want that window view. Get it. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to um, talk about is like just that office comedy. In the if if this is going to be kind of like that, art like archival um, source, like primary source that we could like show our grandkids and be like, this is what life was like before COVID. I feel like you know when you see '90s movies where the characters go up to like the the airplane gate and it's like, oh, that was before 9/11. Yeah. I feel like these kinds of like this that kind of '90s office humor that you see in any 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 cultural pop cultural stuff in any tv show any movies i feel like you get that view of the um you know cubicles everyone's dressed in their you know shirt and tie and there's the water cooler and it's just very gray just kind of like we were saying very muted grayscale um but I, I wonder and like with that long commute but i do like we mentioned earlier i wonder how much that's gonna like, like how we're going to view that in 10 years. And I'm really, really interested to see how this ages. Yeah. I mean, you know, even just this last year, like I'm sure a, a lot of you, you know, p- you know, people or you are people that ended up having to work remotely. You know, you used to do that commute and now you're working from home and, you know, like, the, how would they do this on Zoom? Or like The Office, if you think about The Office. Yeah, like so how I mean, the, they, this how movie, they that on Zoom? Well, this movie was almost like a prequel to The Office. Oh, yeah, totally. Definitely like, inspired It definitely the invited that yeah. into the, the pop culture lexicon. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it, it's just such one of those weird things where that, like the whole office space vibe mentality, culture, like it almost seems like that might not really happen as much anymore where you might only go in a couple days a week instead of every day, Monday through Friday, you might not go in at all. And And you won't have those same kinds of um, relationships, commutes or camaraderie. Yeah. You don't go to tchotchkes for coffee. Cause remember at the beginning of the movie where um, Peter goes to Michael and Samir and he's like, Hey guys want to go to tchotchkes in a few minutes. And they're like this, or it was like Monday and you're like, they're like, Oh, early today. Huh? (laughs) Like, like there's, you know, there's that one place that you go to with your buddies when you just need to get away from the office. And it's like that one little restaurant or coffee place and well, um, because you know it was playing off the fact that you know most you know office places like that usually have some sort of chain restaurant at the corner yeah you know they usually do usually comes in to eat (laughs) and if if you've ever been wait staff you know that if you've worked at you know the 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 mid shift at a a restaurant yep 
those are your customers. Yep, absolutely. And then I think the other thing is like, did you get the memo? You know, now we're living in an age where, and you know, it's really interesting. I've heard a lot of people say that we we look to the late 90s as starting the, the information age, but what if the information age actually starts now and after 2020? Because now everything is literally at our fingertips and misinformation's at our fingertips. And this is the, like, like it's proliferated and communicated in such a global, globalized, democratized way um, that it's it's like there wouldn't be memos. There would be slacks. Like I would slack you, uh, hey, on the TPS reports, we're including, you know, whatever. Like it, there's just so many different kinds of technology. And I think it's so interesting that we have office space. And I also think Mike Judge created office space to be a marker of that exact time period, just just what they do with the Y2K stuff. Like, it was almost like he knew, you know, 20 years in the future, he didn't know what that would look like, but it would probably be pretty fucking different. And so he was like, hey, this is what office culture looked like in 1989. Yeah, it's like a perfect bookmark of what that culture looked like. Yeah. And, you know... The, the, the frustrations with that, your boss, you know, like, you know, you all felt that your boss wasn't doing anything. He was just drinking his coffee, telling you to check your TPS reports. Yeah. And and then the obligatory, you know, parties that you'd have to go to with everyone, like at the guy's, you know, his when he got the settlement from his car accident and like everyone goes to the backyard party and you see your work friends out of work and it's like, we're friends, but are we really this kind of friend? Not really, but we're going to be cool together. <laughs> so real, real quick though, I just got to mention, cause I, again, I read this recently, the backyard barbecue of office space was filmed in the same backyard as used in Edward Scissorhands. Well, for their backyard party too. Yeah, welcome to the 90s. Yeah, so. That Peter. was the backyard and whoever has that backyard, message us, cause <laughs> wanna... I wanna have our anniversary party there. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So, that'd be great. So there's, um, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's an interesting time capsule. It's like I said earlier, it's kind of reminds me of all those movies, like when you see a movie before 9-11, whether it had the Twin Towers in it or it had, you know, something related to airports and air security not really being present whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, go um, watch Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk about airport security not being present. Yeah, so it's just, I, I'm really curious to see how, because this, I think, um, between 1999 and to 2020, I think it aged um, in an interesting way because now you're seeing so many startups. Like, I don't think these guys would be working for Inatech. I feel like they'd be working for startups. Like in 2020, let's say 2019, before the pandemic, like 20 years later, exactly 20 years later, I feel like Peter and his buddies would be working for startups. There would be ping pong tables. There would be fridges full of beer and there'd be couches. And I feel like they would be a lot more a lot happier. I think we got that with shows like Silicon Valley and Workaholics. Well, Silicon Valley was Mike Judge. Shit. <laughs> I'll be damned. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just like, it's interesting to see how Office Space would have you know, aged in general anyway. And then now you add that layer of we're in a post-COVID, now we're in this like information age 2.0. And I, it's just... I, I'm really curious to see 
how we explain this to our grandkids. I mean, I think there were probably points, you know, uh, maybe maybe certain points last year where some people felt like they missed the office space days where they got tired of staying at home. And yeah. they were like, like, shit. I miss I, the water cooler. I would, I would give anything to sit in traffic right now yeah. and go to the water cooler and just yeah. bitch about it with my friends. Yeah. You know, like. It's so true. Like, there were times where I didn't go to work and, like, I I, I missed my friends. The camaraderie yeah. of that, you know, the solidarity of that. You know, just, like, is a good word. that shared experience of, like, you're all at this job together. You're friends. You like hanging out after work. But fuck your job, yeah. you know? Like, and they just had that. And I think that epitomize like how a lot of people feel sometimes you know they yeah. have that close-knit group Even of friends love at work. Your job. Like, like I love my job and I still you know I, every job I've ever had I've had that close group and even my two best friends now shout out Elise and Laura um, even they I got I you know we were all work friends first and like I think um I think you're right. Like we, like, I don't know if you've watched, if you watched office space during 2020, during the pandemic, which we did a thousand times. Cause we watch this movie all the time. Um, but if you watched it and you were working from home, let us know if you felt that same way, like we did, because I certainly did, you know, there is something about office space where that solidarity with your two buddies is, is something that I think it, it's, it's what makes going into work good and fun and, look, is, and it, worth it. Look, as much as you love your job and your coworkers and the camaraderie, <laughs> There is still a fax machine, a copy machine, a printer, an appliance. Or whatever that stands for. That you would love to destroy that's just, outside. That's just like, a symbol of, of something. <laughs> Everybody's got one. Like, oh, I love it. Yeah. We all have a PC load letter issue. We all, <laughs> we all have a PC load letter. And we all, I feel like we all... Uh, like, like we all have a Samira and Michael at our jobs, but I feel like there's also, um, there's just something I've, I've noticed it. There's always that Lawrence too, that one person in your life, maybe it's a neighbor, but that one person that has a different kind of life and just kind of like, like you, you just coexist next to each other, but you also have this like friendly appreciation for each other. And you see, you like, you learn the world from a different angle from the, these people. I feel like I've had those neighbors too. Like, it's just, there's a lot to this movie that I just find so deeply, deeply um, endearing. Oh, fuck. What? I think I'm Lawrence. Are you? <laughs> Check out channel nine. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, no. <laughs> no, shit, shit now. Shit now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, I ain't no Michael Bolton. We all know that. Oh, my God. Fucking A. Fucking A. Um, okay, so, Eric, what are your final thoughts about Office Space? I just have a few questions for the listeners. Uh, what do you think TPS yeah, what was a TPS report, report, means? report? I'm not going to tell them. I looked it up. I know, actually. Is it an actual uh, thing? Uh, in uh, IT speak, I read this. Uh, in IT speak, it actually is a thing. But okay. Mike Judge said that... In his version of the movie, it doesn't stand for that. He made up his own thing okay, that it stands okay. for. Okay, so what do you think TPS stands uh, for? Yeah, what what is what is a TPS report to you? Toilet um, paper shortage, March twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, toilet paper shortage <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, you know, also listeners. What is your TPS report copy machine story? Like, yeah. what is what is your copy machine that you just want to destroy? What With a baseball bat? Yeah. What is it at your place of business? Uh, did you ever have your own Lumberg? 
<laughs> did you ever have one? I'm sure we all did. Um, I don't know how much you can say about that <laughs> on the internet. Well, no, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. Don't get in trouble. Don't get in trouble. <laughs> but give us give us some experiences. Uh, what was your fuck it moment at work, hypnotized or otherwise? You know, Peter had that moment where he got hypnotized in the movie and finally said fuck it and just lived his life. What would you do? What would you do? Yeah. What What was your moment where that happened? My final thoughts. Um, I think Office Space truly is one of my favorite movies. Um, we, like I said, we watch it so many times, and every time I watch it, I find something else. I it just settles in deeper into my like my appreciation, if that makes sense. Like it just feels like a well-worn pair of jeans or like a well-worn denim jacket. It just is comfortable. I love putting it on. I've worked in office settings. Um, I've worked, I've done the commute. I've done the birthday parties where you have to ration the, the cake. Um, I've done the, the, the office setting where one person's listening to their radio. Um, I've done that. And so like, I feel really, really connected to this movie. I also like to, every time we watch it, I feel like I forget how old they're supposed to be in the movie. And so I always look it up they're like 30 <laughs> they're younger than I am <laughs> like I just I it's just always I remember seeing it when I was a kid and thinking it was like such a they were such grown-ups and like they were set like like oh I, I won't have to worry about that like I'll worry about that part of my life because it seems like an ominous like warning or foreshadowing and I remember being a kid being like uh they're old I don't have to think about that now <laughs> and now when we watch it every time I forget how old they are and I look it back up and they're 30 they're younger <laughs> shit <laughs> shit <laughs> but I do but I do think like I said you know the the landscape is changing um I even think within my time working in you know office settings um the landscape changed too so I think there's more co-working there's more it would be interesting to See what this looks like um, in 2021. So, fucking a, fucking a. So yeah, that's my final thoughts. That's it. That's office space. I think that's a good place to leave it. Uh, I think you have my stapler. <laughs> I was told I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. <laughs> 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 I burned the place down. No, but really, put headphones on. Do not listen to your shit without headphones. And on don't in ask. Public. And don't ask people if they have a case of the Mondays. Don't, just don't. Every, the Mondays, everyone has a case of the Mondays. It's a real thing. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, next week, we're going to be coming at you a little bit late. I think we're going to drop our episode on Thursday um, because, yeah, just scheduling and everything. So stay tuned for that. It'll be a little bit later, but we will be back next week with another nostalgic topic. Thank you for listening. Make sure you're following us on social media, TTTHPod on Twitter, Talk to the Pod on Instagram. You can find us at TTTHPod.com or email us at TalkToTheHandPod at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, make sure you leave a five-star review. It helps us. And until next week, make sure you mask up, socially distance, get vaccinated if you can, everyone. Mm, yeah, and that'd be, be great. That'd be great. <laughs> and be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes.